I am unashamed. What about you? Well, welcome back to Unashamed. We, uh, I am now, I have relocated. I'm kind of like uh, Johnny Cash, Dad. I'm, I've been everywhere, man. I never I'm did in, listen uh, to Johnny too much. <laughs> oh, Johnny Cash is good. I, I like him. One of the best. Well, I listened to uh, Ring of Fire a thousand times because our little one, that song resonated, but he's he's moved on now. We're we're staying alive now. Well, I, BGs. Well, I made a duck hole this year, maybe to his credit then, because I named it the Ring of Fire. Really? Yeah, not from the Johnny Cash song, from Firepower in the Bushes and a new duck hole in another part of the woods. And I like that name for a duck a duck hole. That is a good name, the Ring of Fire. The Ring of Fire, so that's what we call it. <laughs> I'm in on that. I didn't... Why, why it was did all I, woods. Why was I not a part of the name-calling session? Well... Or the name-naming. You, you, you just were the ones that... You were the head man going in to purchase this property. It was a former hunting club. We now own it. Well, let's just make a rule. If money goes from my wallet to your hand to whoever that owns the land, I should automatically have a seat at the name-naming ceremony. There's just three at the table, Willie, on here? Willie, you, and me. But it's it. And I said, boys, just put it in your name. I'll pay the third of the property. I I'll know. Pay the third yeah, I get that part. I just want to name... I mean, that's a great name. Yeah. The Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire. So they didn't need you, Jace. They came up with that name without you. You no, need to be out we, of we all names. We had to have some things. kind of wordage to say, you let's go it. over there. <laughs> yeah, let's go over there. We'll hunt the Ring of Fire this morning. Everybody looks around like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's that? But you'll know. I think it's a bold move to name a place the Ring of Fire, and it's never been hunted. I mean, that's a pretty bold you just hoping it's a ring of fire. I put my 50 years of chasing ducks into action. And so we bought the property, and the food regime is great. There's all kind of vegetation out there now. Big overcup acorn trees spaced out, willow oaks. And you look down through there, it'll literally take your breath. You're like, wow. So if the ducks doesn't come in to this spot, then you'll have to change it from the ring of fire to the ring of reflection. The ring of the misery. Ring of reflection. The ring of misery. What <laughs> about <laughs> the ring of dry fire? Great looking duck blind. Yeah. Great, there we go. great looking spot, but no ducks. No, Al's got it. We'll change it to the ring of dry fire. Yeah. The ring of dry fire. <laughs> we don't know how good the hole is until we get. I've, I've mm. arranged it where now we can flood it, which we never had that capability. So I can flood it. The gates are down, they're shut, and I'd put about this much water, all we need, four to 12 inches. And when that gets there, we will observe, sneak around and observe. And when you start seeing ducks pile in there, you say, the ring of fire is taking on new meaning. The ring of fire. Well, I'll tell you, if that happens, I'm going to get out my device that you detest. And I'm, because I can do that, I can take my phone out and pull up that Johnny Cash song while we're in the woods. You got to remember, this is a computer free zone. No, I'm doing it. If we hammer the ducks, I didn't look at my computer and say, What shall I do with this real estate? I just looked around at 50 years of chasing ducks, and I said, here's what we're going to do right Yeah, here. it's one song. I mean, you got to have a walk-up song. Even baseball players, they have a walk-up song. So if this hole produces the first time we whack a bunch, you're going to be sitting there, and we're talking about how they came in. And this all, bunch is for Johnny Cash. We then all of a sudden, them. you're going to hear this sound. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. That's a good song. It is. Uh, everybody everybody like needs a theme song. Everybody needs yeah, a theme right song. Right now, we're still on the Bee Gees with our little one that's staying with us. Because he's, he's in that screaming stage, but he's not crying. He, he realized that a voice can project. You have to train dogs not to do that, as you well yeah, know. Yeah, but I like kids that do it. It's a sign they're alive and happy. He'll just... By the ah! way, Jace, I, I saw a picture in my bedroom, and the picture was... You, you had written a note with a heart 
you know, Halloween, not a Halloween or what do you call it? Valentine's. Valentine's Day. I looked at it, and you caught a shot of old Blue at that lab. He's still alive, but he's old. But you had a shot of him licking the side of your face, big old tongue just and you had it. You well, had it. I didn't. If I was in the picture, that means I didn't take it. That's right. Somebody else. Somebody took else took it. And I probably what happened because me and that dog didn't like each other. Yeah. But then, at some point, he started liking me. Yeah. And so maybe that was somebody caught that. That sounds like a. He peed on your bag every time he got. The no, chance. that's Sai. He peed on Sai. Yeah, but, but, but he peed on Sai's every time. He didn't like Sai. He peed on his hunting boot. I mean, he's. Well, he actually, he actually peed on Sai. He peed on him. Yeah. He would get, yeah. he would circle around him from the back end. Catch him not looking. And Sai would say, Get good grief. What are you, you scoundrel? <laughs> so I, no, I think I remember that picture. Dane Burley Jennings took that. And, oh, is that uh, right? Yeah. Burl said and, he'll and be. And he here. asked me to sign it, and they gave it. I think he gave that to you as a. He's present. bringing two of Blue's offspring with him. So we're going to see if we can get another blue well, that's without exciting. the whining. Yeah, that's exciting. If that dog whines, I'm out. So it's exciting times. No, it's exciting. The fall is my favorite time of year. You got football. You got hunting season, obviously. And just the weather's overall better. But look, so I'm going to I'm gonna pull a stunt tonight. So Because we're getting off into October here. And usually, you know, I have to say goodbye to one of my favorite times of of the year which is frog hunting but i'm actually going frog hunting tonight and here's why i'm going with a buddy of mine so i i let my dog out last night middle of the night probably midnight i guess and it's cool last night mm-hmm. so i had a I had a spotlight and i thought i'm gonna ease down this pond because it's warm during the day but it's nice very low humidity i mean this is not normal weather for here it's awesome but I said, I wonder if the frogs are still out. Because it's really warm during the day. You had already asked me that. What did I tell you? You said, I think they are. Well, guess what? You were right. So I start panning the pond around. And there's a big pine tree that fell during the last storm across the pond. And one of the limbs, I looked on the edge of it. And it was the biggest bullfrog you've ever seen in your life. You got to take him out, Jason. No, I'm going to leave him, but I'm going to go to, I've I've got access to the greatest frog catching place in North Louisiana. Mm. A buddy of mine owns it. And so I sent him a text and I told him the story and he said, come on. So we're going to send off, we're going to transition into the hunting with guns, ducks, deer, squirrels. We're going to go from... The frogs hunting with your hand. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do one last hurrah tonight, so I'll give you a report, a couple podcasts from now on how that went. I'd rather get a report about when you're gonna be cooking those. I might need to stop by and visit the baby. Well, see, he wants some, the meal. You know. Is not worried about the feed. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah put it. Well, hold off until hold, hold off until the uh, November 14th because uh, your cousin's coming in town. You could invite me over. Well, the list um, is long and uh, of people who want that information, but you got to remember there's some things in life that are classified, <laughs> classified information, invitation only. So yep. I'll let you know, maybe, if you're on the list. <laughs> So, so in other words, Zach, don't be waiting up by the phone. It's not yeah. going to happen. It reminds yeah. me of when we went to the inauguration, you know, and we got invited to a party that wasn't that wasn't a party, and there was a list that was actually no list. And I had the strangest <laughs> conversation, a twenty minute conversation, in a hotel lobby with a group of individuals who we were discussing us, our family being invited to the inauguration party that didn't exist. Who was being inaugurated? Trump. Donald Donald J. Trump. Huh. Yeah. And so I said, you know, Willie, it was Willie and Corey and uh, 
I think it was just me and Missy and Willie and Corey. Yep. And so I, I said, wasn't on the list. Zach and I were where, on the where list. Where do we, where do we go? Where's this party? I think that's what I asked because they had a liaison from the, from the new presidential team or whatever. And they said, well, that it doesn't exist. And I said, well, if it doesn't exist, it's like every question I would ask, they would answer it with a question or. And so finally I was like, are you kidding? Are you serious? And it's like, no, show up at this hotel at two o'clock in the morning. And, and somebody will, you'll be told where to go from there. The, the party started at two o'clock and we went. <laughs> and so we got there and surprisingly there was a few hundred people that I guess there was no list. There was no place designated you just walked on the side no of picking the order no and you finally went you found yourself there after you went through a lot of security it sounds like a rave yeah it was actually <laughs> you should so it was us four and i had a bodyguard actually at, at, at that time so that's an interesting thing that happened in my life that i will never forget <laughs> so there's no record of it I th- right. Don't you find that interesting? It's interesting. Yeah. But I think it was mainly because you just, they didn't want a ton of people there. And so the family, the Trump family came, came out, you know, I think. And they didn't want to offend people. By you didn't want to offend anybody. You know, hey, what happened? Yeah. They right, brought exactly. that up because if you didn't get invited, but we got invited. So, I, you know, it was cool. Well, if it was two in the morning, I'm glad I didn't get it, man. Oof. I don't know how'd you stay awake? Because you're a night person anyway. Oh, I'm a night person. Yeah. Yeah. You're like mom. Mom's like that. Does she still stay up late at night, Dad? Like she always used Every to? Every night. <clears throat> 12, yeah. 1 o'clock. She's well, that's night. where I get it. But unlike yeah. uh, Miss Kay, I go to bed late and get up early. Yeah. She goes to bed late and get up, gets up late. But I take a nap That's during the day, so sometimes it's only twenty minutes. But I savor that twenty minutes. All I've found out in my seventy-six years on the earth, Jace, and you'll find this out as the time passes, that when God made a woman, He made a very strange creature. <laughs> Boy, the insights this morning are—you're uh... <laughs> going to find that out. I'm just giving you a heads up before it gets there. Don't forget that one. I'll remember that. Thank you, Phil. Another misogyny moment for Phil. Um, <laughs> so let's let's take let's take a break. So we know we got some uh, some pretty wacky people out there on the far left, and uh, you just never quite know what's going to happen with them. I know that Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they're a force for conservative values, which is very different. Uh, than the other big cell phone providers. So this is a chance to go with a company and go with a group that uh, that funds conservative causes and candidates who believe in sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment. And these are these are all issues that we've been winning, but you can't do that unless you got people that support it. And we need people in the corporate world that do that. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you and your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. So check them out at patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation with the offer code Phil. And remember, there's special discounts for veterans and first responders. Patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get them figured out, then so, you get back in touch with me. But that's I my think, that's my deal. I think that was strange God. Strange creatures, not bad. It's not negative. They just strange creatures. Women. Yeah. It might be that you just They're definitely different. you you may have an issue that you know. At, at, I look around and it's kind of like that guy I was talking to. He'd been married like seven times, you know. And I was like, 
have you ever considered that it might be you? Because he had a similar view towards women, and he's like, he was looking around like that, that is, it's within the realm of possibility. Because mm-hmm. be they could be normal, and you could be strange. And I, I'm the most I, normal person, so normal that I seem abnormal when you meet me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, this has been a great intervention and in counseling session. Uh, uh, my dad always tells that story. He says, Phil. They were standing somewhere, and Phil said, uh, Dash talked about my dad. You are one odd-looking dude. And <laughs> my dad, dad's line is always, so we're walking in an airport, and people look at me, and they look at you, and I'm the one they look at and say, that's an odd-looking dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He'll say, yeah, you got, they got to look about him. Hey, Dash got to look about him. Yeah. Well, we're uh, in the book of Mark, as you know. We've been uh, we've been studying it, and um, I think on the last podcast, Jace, we talked about the uh, the healing of the wild man in the tombs, the guy that was living in the in the graveyard, and um, it really was a I, I don't know in my notes I entitled it the restoration of a human wreck because we talked about this before with this guy he had so many demons living in him I mean he had no chance for any kind of life. I mean, he was, he was isolated. He was crazy. He was crazy in his mind, but he was also cutting himself with rocks and stones. They tried to bind him down. They couldn't do it. And I've thought about it before, cause the, we're going to get into today is a couple of like really strong faith situations, people coming to Jesus for healing. But I didn't really realize it till I was looking ahead. When you look back, you know, this guy, he shows no faith because he was possessed by demons. I mean, he's just out there living like a wild man. And yet Jesus went to him. Jesus saw him in this situation and decided to cast these demons out. So it was kind of funny because we always, we've been talking to us about miracles and how level of faith and people say, well, they didn't have enough faith. And if you had more faith and you would be able to see or accept this miracle or whatever. But this guy had zero faith. He was almost a bystander to the situation because he was possessed by all these demons. While you're there, and Al, yet he was restored. While you're there, when Peter was telling the story in the book of Acts after Jesus died, was buried, <clears throat> and raised from the dead, and he went back into heaven, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, listen to this with the Holy Spirit. This, this ought to get tickled Jason a little bit. And how he went around doing good all these miracles and things, and telling all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We're witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Now listen to this. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who are who, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead and he commanded us to preach to the people and testify but how, how do how do you how do you wrap your head around the fact that all this was almost like what he was going to do was prearranged from the beginning of time these texts say but he said but not everybody was got to look at him even but it was the ones who were closest to him. How do you, how do you, how does that square with Mark chapter three, chapter four, all these events that are happening? He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Yeah, well, that's my point is even that that kind of you're right now that ties in with this person because Jesus chose him to display the miraculous power of God It's, it's like the guy in John nine. You know, he's just sitting there. He's blind. And the disciples looked over at him and they were like, who, who sinned that this man would be born blind? We can't figure, you know, was it him? Was it his parents? He said it was neither. This man was born blind so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And then he went over and put, made the little mud packs and put it on his eyes and he healed him. But the guy never asked to be healed. I mean, God chose him 
See what I'm saying? So I think yeah. I think that's I don't know if that's exactly answer your question, but I, I think people are chosen by the Almighty to display greatness and who he is. And this man that had the demon cast out, remember he was going around first to his family, but then he went around to ten cities and really in essence became the first missionary because this was it even before the disciples were sent out. This guy was sent out just to display what what had been done in his life. So this it's is, almost like some are chosen specifically for that purpose. This is like Does pre, that make sense? pre-health care and pre-hospitals, pre a lot of misery going on, but this was before uh, healing was just, I mean, just a, you were lucky if you ran up basic. on Jesus. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there weren't, there was not a whole lot of medicine and a lot of misery at this time frame. Well, there definitely would have been way more of this kind of stuff going, and not just the demon possession, but you're right, Dan, way more maladies and illnesses. And, you know, I mean, you know, because you're right. I mean, people, I wonder what the life expectancy was in the first century. It was probably, you know, 40 years old. Yeah. You just, you you just, you didn't live long. Yeah. Or less. That's exactly right. So, yeah, which, which again, may have been back to what something Jay said in the last podcast, the timing of when Jesus came mattered so much. Jesus trumped. You know, he came at a time. Yeah, he ended up trumping all that that uh, is involved in health care. I mean, he was the ultimate healer bar none. You know what I'm saying? Right. And also, but and he said that he came to display God, so to show his power. He didn't necessarily come just to stamp out all disease. We we know that, or to stamp out poverty, because people say, well, you know, that he said the poor you'll always have with you. I mean, he, I mean it's not like he was pro poverty, but I mean that wasn't his purpose. Just the way his it purpose is. to come to yeah to display eternal life exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, all of his exactly. all of his healings and and all the all the acts that Jesus are you know, is doing here. I think if you get off on the actual miracle and that's what you're primarily focused on, you're missing that mm-hmm. these miracles are reflections of of his greater glory. These are these are reflections of him and his presence and his eminence and that he's here. He's with us. Um, he's active. He cares. Uh, you know, you see the attributes of God. That's what that's what Paul says in Romans one too. Uh, the, these attributes of God, his divine qualities, his divine nature, and his, these are things that have been clearly perceived by what's been made. Well, this is even like a, a further, uh, more sp- uh, specific version of God's revelation. I mean, it's very specific. I mean, he's doing things here. And I, I love I love this story of the, the casting out of the demons because this came right off the back of him exerting tremendous authority when he commands the winds and the waves to stop. Like that's yeah. an act of authority which is one of God's attributes is his uh, sovereignty. And, and so here he's, he's again, even, even God in flesh is exercising his divine sovereignty and authority when he's now showing that he has authority, not just over the winds and the waves, he has authority over the spiritual realm as well, that he can command demons he's, to get Peter out said and they, he, and they he leave. Appointed, he appointed him, Jesus, as judge of the living and the dead, all the prophets testify about him. This is in Acts chapter 10. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the big picture was their sins were being forgiven as they were being healed, which you just want to say, wow. Yeah, because the because the name of Jesus is it, when we even like that you know the, the when Jesus said anything you ask in my name you'll receive. I mean he's he's not talking to like about like a Mercedes Benz. He's he says anything you ask in my name, and to unpack what that means to ask something in the name of Jesus, it's not simply just to tag his name on to end of something that you want. It's you're asking for. Uh, something that's within his authority, dominion, sovereign will for your life. And so I think there's a big, big picture unfolding here in in, uh, the Gospel of Mark that's different than some of the others because the emphasis here is on Jesus, as Jace has pointed pointed out at the beginning beginning of this series. It's, It's an emphasis on that Jesus is the Son of God with a capital G. He is the and, Son and of life, God. He is 
life and immortality came with him, which you talk about everything's at stake. All these stories, you say life and immortality is on the line here, and he conquered both. You just look at it, and you're like, well, when he said the time, hey, wow. him. look, don't negate the fact too. He said the time has come, and I mean, he's he's laying out a process because I'm a big process guy, you know. Whether it's football or any kind of adventure, you you have to you have to love the process and not you know focus on the results here. Because I mean, you know, when we get to the the next chapter. Things are not going to go real well here. I mean, your main two, yeah, your main two uh, voices, Jesus, who's doing all these miracles, and John the Baptist, who prepared the way. Well, Jesus is they. He's mocked in his hometown. He's laying out, and I'm indestructible, and I'm going to prove it. Well, he <laughs> is, but the people, he's having to go through a process because people are not embracing this. I mean, sure. The people being healed are, and the people that are being uh, redeemed. They're from the still saying, still them But killing. they're they're just coming for more cures, and not necessarily a transformation of a spiritual character. That's it. You know, adjustment. That, that's why when he starts off, we're saying, "Repent, for the kingdom is near." Well, people, they're like, "Well, just heal me, <clears throat> and and forget the repentance." Yeah. Hang on, Jace. Hey, hang on, let's take a break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. All right, go ahead. So when you... You know, I, I'm 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 gonna push back a little bit because I think he did have some faith in that when he got out of the boat, when Jesus got out of the boat, this guy comes to meet him, and I do think Jesus knew what was in a man. Now, whatever that means as far as him being the Son of God and him being the Son of Man and him becoming a man, but there's several times where it would say he knew what they were thinking. Oh, he maybe, was a mind reader. Well, so I'm saying when y'all talk about, I mean, I think a lot of this was a process that God set forth in a plan. So you have that going because he's like, don't tell everybody. Of course, one, we know he was concealing that from the rulers and the authorities so that they would eventually crucif- crucify Jesus and, and ultimately would be their demise in his victory. But also, it was just hard for human beings to wrap their minds around God in a human form, actually, and this being true. That's why, look, when we get to Mark chapter 6, I mean, there's been more sermons over that first paragraph because it's people who were familiar with Jesus. They were so familiar, they didn't believe. You know, he goes back to his hometown. They've already said he's crazy. He goes back there. Which is it? Is it? Hard to believe is it hard to believe in him, Jesus, or easy to believe in him? That would be the question. I think it didn't dep- seem to be I, I think it come depends. easy. Well, it depends on your situation, I guess. It was a little easier for a guy who's chained up to a tombstone <laughs> and and is ravaged with demons. I think it was a little easier because I, I think the lower you that's, are that's my, that's my which question. is why God allows, you know hurricanes and allows misery to happen on earth is because really you're reminded in these valleys, these wilderness difficult moments, the need for a God. So which is why that's we a good, that's a That's a good point too, because in the past we didn't have, you know, if you think about, 
you know, 150 years ago, you didn't have the advancement of modern science to hide behind. Uh, and, and so people were much more reliant on God because like they were literally, if a storm came and the crop was ruined, they may not eat for the winter. Yep. And so, yeah. but now we're hiding behind our technological advances and we're under the illusion and it is an illusion that somehow we're going to, you know, ultimately tame this thing, but, but ultimately we're not. Even these people, every single person that Jesus healed, in the end, guess what happened to them? They died. They're not here anymore. I told your dad and, that. I told your dad the other day, we were, we were putting a book together, and I, I said, I said, my my view of it is, the only place you're ever going to be where there are no more hurricanes, and no more fires, and no more death, no, and no more misery, is heaven itself. Heaven is the goal, and that's when it finally ends. The misery. Yeah, it's in. Well, but I, I think. But I would I say. Think that well, I just want to push back real quick. I think no more death. Uh, sure, no more misery. Sure, but the actually hurricanes and fire would not be a problem if we were imperishable. You know, which I mean? is my point. Well, I know. I, I'm saying you could have a hurricane in heaven if you were imperishable. Because I actually would like to ride in the middle of one of those post-resurrection. <laughs> It'd be a perfect time to surf. Uh, well, you you yeah. might get into yeah, surfing if you were imperishable. I actually have yeah. a plan for a hurricane experience. I'm just going to wait till I get my imperishable. But body. you agree, misery, <laughs> misery leaves uh, leaves when you get the invincibility. You're in. Well, I agree with those two. Oh, I'm not going to be miserable. Because well, I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, this, uh, you know, this hurricane's evil," and it's like, no, it's, it's the problem with the hurricane is that we're perishable. Yeah, but you got, but you have to have fire because we got to fry, fry fish and exactly Jesus fire the fish, is good so for they, a lot of things and storms yeah, we'll, we'll actually the, help the the uh, you know if you never had a front we never would shoot any ducks because it actually moves the ducks. But go ahead, Zach. Now I was I think this matters because when you when you think about what Jesus is doing through these incredible happenings here and there's a lot of them in the gospel of Mark and all the gospels for that matter um he's not establishing his authority here simply to like invoke this like we've said this over and over again this political kingdom power kingdom is actually he's establishing his credibility in his authority through these miracles so that he would then walk in humility the hill of Calvary. So I mean that, that's that's the craziness of this whole thing that you're you have these the, this divine authority like this guy the same guy that's literally telling the wind and the waves to stop, the same guy that's putting mud on people's eyes and they can see, the same guy that says pick up your mat and walk, the same guy that could go up to a, a demon possessed man and say get out of get out of this man and they they and Send him into you pigs and the pigs were presenting. He didn't get there like what he was dealing with. He's not a priest, not on the basis of a regulation. Other priests got together, human beings, as to his ancestry, but he got to where he is on the basis, and Mark's covering it, the basis of the power of an indestructible life. That's how he got where he is. Yeah, that's Hebrews. No, so. no men, no more high priest needed to now. This one time event here, God Himself is our high priest. Yeah. So when you get the picture, uh, there's a song we sang a Sunday at church called "Behold Our God," and it's like who sits upon His throne. Come, let us like adore Him and worship. And it's got this picture of God's bigness. Yeah. And it asks these questions like, you know, who else? Like I don't, I can't remember all the words, but who else spoke the world into existence? Well, who caused hard. the season? It's really hard for a human being to wrap wrap his head around that. Uh, Zach, if you oh, it's a, well, you, know, it's a, you, you can't you can't wrap your head around it, but you can like I always say you can you can touch the hem of his garment, right? You can just kind of touch the peripheral of it, but you yeah. can never exhaust this bigness of who he is. But then I love this song because the last verse is, "Who else had the, the nails in their hand?" So we're talking about this God who is big, authority, sovereignty. Like just think about power, indestructible, like all of those adjectives. Just throw yeah. everyone you marvelous, majestic. Omniscient, omnipotent, just anything big, just throw in the throw in the mix, yeah, and then and then think that God walked in humility on a road with a cross on his back and let the people that he spoke into existence spit on him, whip him, 
he 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 heads up to the hill and he ultimately let let us kill him and he's like whoa it, 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 I, I, you can't understand you can only understand the 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 depth of god's love if you understand the height of his sovereignty and his, and his bigness you can only understand the power of the cross to the extent that you can see the bigness of god because there's a distance that he traveled to do that yep so i think we're seeing morsels of that in the beginning of the gospel of mark Yep. It's an establishment of authority of Christ so that we can see at the end that he's going to walk a road of suffering and humility. Well, it is an, it is an honor to, to read these texts. Hang on, hang on, Dad. Let's take a break. I, can, I, I consider it an honor. Today. I consider it an honor to even just read about it. What do you say, Al? Absolutely. And Jay and Jay's made the point, I think that was really good, and Zach made it too, that I think that's this is the biggest difference in hu- <clears throat> in humanism versus God. Because you you're called a climate denier if you're if you're not running around with your head on fire worried about the atmosphere, the planet, the storm, the intensity of the storms. And I'm saying no. I'm really not a climate denier. I mean, I, I, I totally affirm we have a climate and it changes, but I'm a God affirmer. That's what I am. And so yeah. the storms were here before we got here. And so yeah. before human beings, so the, the difference is these people and, and Zach, you're right. It's a false, it's a false narrative. They think they're in charge. And so because of us, we we've intensified the storms and we can fix them and we can make them where they're not as intense. You talk about a, a a dog chasing his tail. You're going to run around in circles a long time trying to fix the planet that God made. Which is what was happening here with this demon possessed man. I I was reading this uh, verse 15, Phil, and I thought about in Mark five, and and it says the man. This is the well, verse 14. The herdsman ran away and reported in the city and in the country, and the and the people came to see what it was that had happened, you know, what had happened was, and this is what happened. They came to Jesus and they observed the man who had been demon possessed, sitting down, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion and they became frightened. I was thinking about that story that you told before where you were in the rehab with the woman and she, do you remember the story where well, I can't remember exactly what happened, but she, yeah, he told that in the last overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where she, where she's gargling meat and, and uh, you, you said it's like she was gargling meat and, and she's out of her mind and, and, and she's cussing at you. And it, it reminds me of this guy. And then when you said to her something to the effect of that she was under the control of the devil and that she didn't know Jesus, I forgot the whole story. Cause I wasn't in the overtime segment on the last one, but, like she came back in after that and she slammed um, her head on the table in front of her like this down and and she, and and projectile vomiting took place she runs away 15 minutes she walks back in and she went from uh cursing us and cursing god and she just had a in a little meek voice she said can y'all help me and i said we can help you girl I took the approach, if, since you weren't in overtime, that maybe she was just drunk. That was all. So all she needed was she Jesus was and a good vomit. No, and, she, uh, she was in the rehab. She was in the rehab. She was in a rehab like she had been in a full detox facility for some for time. Uh, just because these people are in rehab doesn't mean they're not using anymore. <laughs> this was beyond drunk. This was, if you'd seen it, it, it was beyond drunk. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not denying it, but to me, it's not not the issue that, I mean, the issue is Jesus has the authority and power of that. The demons, they all know who Jesus is. It is linked to the sinful world, the evil world, but we're all sinners, you know, and I think they manifest. The following day when I baptized her and I mentioned her, I said, who's going to be the Lord of your life from this point on? And she confessed Jesus as Lord. But she was the most meek, gentle, caring little woman. She's probably twenty years old, but but she 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 went from a hellacious. Well, that's my yeah. Attack. That's my point. I mean that there there's a she she's a a, a kind of a, a visceral example and the of a a person and what it looks like it to be under faith, the control. I can t- I tell you that. 
Yeah, I mean, Jesus brings rest, right? He brings, like, you know, we've all, I mean, our own lives. I mean, think about where you were yeah. when you when we were under the control of the evil one. It, yep. it is a restlessness. It's a it's a, a aimless beating at the wind. And what God brings in his sovereignty and in his healing and in his authority and in his humility, what he brings, he brings context. He brings healing. He brings touch. He brings intimacy, rest, peace of mind. Yep. I think I've seen this over and over again, not only in my own life, but others' lives. So I think it speaks to what God's ultimate purpose here is. It's not just to go around and perform miracles for the sake of performing miracles. He yeah. has a grand picture in mind. He has an overarching goal that he's working towards here that we'll see accomplished at the, at the cross and ultimately the resurrection. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. There's a plan here, and there was some timing involved because, you know, when he goes to his hometown in Mark 3, well, his family says he's crazy. The leaders say he has a demon. But he goes back there three chapters later, and of course they're still not, they're still not having it. But when you fast forward and look at the end, like at Acts one fourteen, well his family, they were gathered around in prayer post resurrection, and most of them gave their life, you know, for for Jesus. Eventually, he, you know, you he think won about them James. Over. Well, right, there was a process that had to happen. He's planting seeds because most people, if you go to a town and they say you're. You know, your close people say, you're crazy, and the others say, you have an evil spirit. Most of us are not going back to that town. <laughs> we're, we're like, we're done with that. And so I was bringing this up about the timing and the u- the way God uses people who put their faith and trust in them. We always are looking just at the conversion. But when you, to me, the most powerful passage is 18 and 19 of this story which is going to lead to these next two stories. When he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. I mean, look, this goes against everything most religious people are going to say. They're like, well, come come on, pick him up. What a story that he's. this guy's going to be a great leader. And Jesus says, no, you go back to your house because in God's plan, in God's world, this He's going to use people who have been transformed by him and by his power to help other people. And so he's got a job for him. And guess where it is, which I think it should be all of our first mission field, is back to his house. And so he goes back there. I mean, go I just, go I, tell your wife and children. This To me, this is encouraging to me because I'm like, everybody's plan is not the same. Everybody's conversion is not the same. Sure, we all are drawn by Jesus. That is the same. We all get the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the same. But some people are not going to vomit. Some people are not going to have a big testimony. Some people are just not even going to be mentioned. And then all of a sudden, they're in a room praying with the other followers a couple books later. Well, something happened, but it's not recorded. We don't. And I, I think you see that when you get to uh, when you mark get to Mark six. I keep bringing this up because a lot of people were so familiar with Jesus that is that they didn't recognize him as the son of God. Well, that really hits home in churches. Kids that are raised in church fail to be wowed by Jesus because they've heard it the whole time. They're like, oh, yes, yeah, I know that. Yeah. And you're like, well, what? why is your life not showing that you know that? Because it's not. But the, the familiarity with it, is actually the blocker. It's not an evil spirit. It's not. So, I mean, the evil one works in different ways, but so does God. So I wanted to at least introduce the next two stories. Can we do that? Hang on. Yeah. Before we do that, let's take our last break. So then if you were going to have a movie, uh, Zach, you're in the movie making business. Here's the next, this is a movie, this next happening. Because when you look at it and you realize that we're all in different places in life and in different generations through time, but we all, from God's providence and his draw through Jesus, we, we come together at the feet 
of Jesus on a cross from various backgrounds. Yep. Decision and here, so he just picks two two people, but notice the similarities. So when Jesus, this is verse twenty one of chapter five, <clears throat> had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, large crowd is here. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, "My little daughter is dying." Please come, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. But so now we have a story within a story because, I mean, this guy is, is, is panicking. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So now we have another story and and it's in the context of this jerry saying come on come on hurry 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 but you can imagine the frustration there if your daughter is dying your 12 year old daughter is dying and you think you have the cure but we can't with traffic is but this is the equivalent of five o'clock traffic but it's people since they didn't have vehicles and so this woman in 26 she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had trying to get better because you brought that up about you know the the hospital the hospital system wasn't what it what it is now. Yet instead of getting better, she actually grew wor- worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately. The bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around into the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? So, I mean, there was a lot of people. It was just crammed. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it, now I think he knew who who did it. He, he did. Just, we're, we're we're making the moment here. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Another translation said her whole story. Which the reason I bring that up because Jairus is like, I mean, if you can you imagine a woman telling her whole story? <laughs> I mean, it's like. Imagine Miss K. Yeah. Imagine Miss K telling you her whole story, her whole life story, while Jarius is over here saying, what about my daughter? So he's frustrated. He's not participating in this joy because he's frustrated. So while Jesus was speaking, some men came from the house of Jarius. The synagogue ruler said, your daughter is dead. Oh, oh, hang on. I skipped, I skipped, uh, I skipped a part. So in, in, uh, when, when in 34, it says, he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came to the house of Jairus, synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Now, can you imagine Jairus now? So ignoring uh, what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, which is kind of interesting. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, while this commotion and wailing, this child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him, which is really interesting. I mean, if you can change your wailing to laughing that quickly you probably wasn't being very sincere in my opinion after he put them all out so so there's a sermon in here you know because he said get out and of course then he's going to say get up how are you writing this down he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was, he took her by the hand and said, I'll let someone else pronounce that, which means, little girl, I say to you, 
get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was, uh-oh, 12 years old. At this, they were astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Now, the reason I said this is a lot of the a life is about intersections and God's timing and God using other people to bring Jesus. Because look, you now back to your movie making, Zach. We have a hospital scene and we have a woman walking out who had just been diagnosed with some weird blood disease. Of course, it was a bad diagnosis because she got she got worse. Meanwhile, here comes a couple out of the hospital who just had a baby because the girl was 12 years old. This woman was had this issue for 12 years. Do you think that's an accident that he's telling this story at the same time? So two people, one, at one time, they're coming out of the hospital with two totally different attitudes. But now here they come together in life in a day, in one day, coming together at Jesus' feet with different issues. But you have the same thing happening. And I do believe the number 12, which has been a symbol throughout the whole Bible, you know, of completeness and whole or whatever has something to do with it too but I mean this is an amazing two stories so what say you I say we're out of time uh, but that's the perfect build up to uh, to tease our overtime segment uh, to talk some more about this because I was I was taking some notes Jace as you were reading that story because there's a lot of really interesting things so we're going to dive a little more into that uh, on the other side uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed if you want to follow us over for an extra 15 minutes of conversation about this story and other musings uh, and uh, we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.